Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often, almost every day, we may not feel good enough. I'm here today to help you face these challenges head on. Okay, so what's the right age to get a cell phone? I'm here to say I have no idea, but I'm going to give you some of the data that can help you make the decision that you want to make. There are some great resources online, one being Common Sense Media, and the Media Center at Boston Children's I Like Too has some great content about cell phones. And when I put this on the blog, we will include those links. But first and foremost, I think there's an about age that I would say, you know, it's evolving. Um, but we're coming in to say, I think around 12 is my personal opinion. But you guys can come up and scream your way into telling me why you got your eight-year-old a phone, and you could tell me why you didn't get your child a phone until they were 15 or 16. And I think both are really normal. And I also think this is really evolving. As smartphones um, change and morph, and as the apps that are there are more and more useful for our activities and our safety and our joy in enjoyment and delight, I think this is changing. You know, I think so many families get phones because of a sense of safety. And one data from the Pew Research Center, which is a nonpartisan nonprofit organization that kind of just looks at trends, found, you know, 74% of teens have said that they've used a cell phone in the case of an emergency. Now, I don't know exactly what kind of emergency that is and, like, how big the emergency was, but I think there is the feeling, right, that a phone is really useful in a bad situation. And I think some parents feel better knowing that their child has a phone and they can give their child a longer leash in some ways to go roam the planet and be a teenager and do all that. Um, But, you know, without question, there are risks that come from the phone. I mean, first and foremost, we know that You know, kids who use their phones more and more um, and more than average are at bigger risk for having a vulnerability towards depression and depressed feelings and anxiety. And that we know that on some level, one of the risks as well is kind of feeling like you can't live without it. I mean, when you when you survey teens, 37 percent of teens will say they're dependent on a cell phone, which is just kind of creepy. Like I didn't get a cell phone until I was in medical school. And I'm, gl- I mean, I, you know, I, I sound like a dinosaur, but I'm kind of glad. Like, I, I feel like I was more present. I just did things differently. I communicated in different ways. And I'm not finger wagging. I, I think teens communicate and build intimacy beautifully through apps and through texting. It's just a different structure than I think we, we used when we were going through teenage years. But, you know, it's a wake-up call to me that a third of teens feel like they really couldn't live without it. So you can become dependent. Um, you know, and I think the other thing is, you know, phones can kind of obscure who we are and what we're doing. I mean, there's like the data in adults where, you know, people will talk about admitting to like kind of picking up their phone in a social situation when they feel awkward to kind of pretend like they have something else to do. Well, that's okay. It's kind of like it's a crutch. So I feel like, gosh, if you're like overwhelmed or don't have anybody to talk to or uncomfortable, that doesn't bother me. But but the dishonesty part comes in too where almost 40% of teens will say that they've lied about their location on their phone, meaning like mom calls and says, hey, where are you? And the teen's like, oh, like I'm over at Sarah's. But actually, like, she might be at Joe's. So I think, you know, there are some tracking apps, and you've got the kind of, you know, if you have an iPhone or an iOS system, you can do find my phone, or you can toggle even in a communication to say, hey, show me where this is, you know. But that's a relationship that you develop with your child as they go along. So I think those are the risks. I don't mean to be so negative, because I think on on some level, some of these apps are delightful, being connected to your child and letting them roam a little more, and knowing that you can text them or call and check in with them and be there for them as they kind of learn. 
But I think when you're kind of starting to have the conversation in that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 range, um, I think you can you can have some powerful communication around responsibility. So is your child showing a sense of responsibility with items in your home, with their room? You know, is it that you make a deal to say you get to have a phone after you demonstrate a sense of responsibility? Like, let me tell you, my mom tortured me. I had to keep my room perfectly clean for a year before I could get my ears pierced. I don't even know what that was about. But, I mean, you could do that, too. Maybe not as long. Maybe it's a, you know, you keep your room clean and you keep track of these <laughs> certain things or you never have a tardy at school or, you you know, you get your homework in for two consecutive months and we'll talk about that phone. Um, you know, if they're losing lots of things, they're probably going to lose the phone. So going into it and knowing that and thinking about what that means then for a child. If they lose the phone two weeks after getting it, are you going to buy them another one? Are they going to buy their own with an allowance or through a little babysitting job? I mean, kind of making a plan ahead of time, I think, is a really smart way to start. Um, do your kids need to be in touch for safety reasons? So this is kind of advice from Common Sense Media, but, you know, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe you really feel like they're traversed home from school at age 10 and they're doing it on their own and you really want to kind of track them while they do it and you're at work. Great. Then that's probably a really good use to have it. You know, I think the other thing is that it, it kids, you know, if you're having a conversation about getting a phone and, and your child's kind of making a case, one of them might just be social connectedness. And if the bulk of their friends all have a phone, it doesn't mean you have to say, yeah, they get a phone. But social connectedness, a sense of belonging and inclusion is such a huge part of pre and 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 regular adolescence. So really working with your child, like if they are really in anguish that they don't have this phone and everybody else does, I, I, I think... I think it's kind of like when a toddler has a tantrum and it's like you feel like they're overreacting. You know, I think teens are not overreacting when it feels like when all they think about and all they want is a sense of independence and connection. And they're bringing that to you on a daily basis. I, I think we have to consider that very seriously. Um, you know, I think the other thing is, is can they follow the rules? And do you have a contract in place? So, you know, are they going to use their phone at school? Are they going to use their phone while they're driving? Are they going to use their phone in the middle of the night? You know, what rules in your home do you do so that you guys just feel like you can adhere to limits and the, you know, they can use apps appropriately and you can kind of be around there? Are they going to text? Are they going to use photos? Are they going to do videos? I mean, just talk to them about what the risks are, that everything can be grabbed and captured and kind of following along with them and, and just figuring out those rules. And then I think, you know, before you hand it over, I'd be really clear about following along. I mean, it's interesting. My son got an email account at his school this year. And one of the things they said right from the very beginning is like, parents and, all, and the faculty and staff at school can go into these email accounts at any time. So it's kind of like, you need to be a good citizen and we expect you to do so, but know that we can pop in and look at it at any time. And I think in a young child, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, like, I think that's really reasonable to say, I bought this phone for you. I'm excited for you. But this is a shared device. This is a device of privilege, and if that's how you think about it. And and I want to be a part of this device, and I want you to know that I want to be able to have access to it. I'm not trying to spy on you. I don't want to get in the way of your relationships. But I loved uh, Dr. Vincent Iannale, who writes for lots of different sites. He's a pediatrician. He talked about it, about you know, framing it up in a way to say, some people will look at a phone as a necessity. Some people will look at a cell phone for a child as a, as a luxury. Some people will look at it as a fad. And some people will look at it as an invasion of childhood. And you may have your own bias and opinion about it, and your partner may have a different one, and your kid may have one, and your neighbors and everybody else. So it's just kind of feeling that out together with your kid and, and finding out kind of what you can afford and how to use it and what are the rules and responsibilities and what do you do when they don't follow the rules and responsibilities? How do they earn it back? Because I'll tell you, in clinic, I will see teens going through a really 
really hard time through depression or anxiety. And part of it will get so much work because they'll break a rule, they'll break curfew, they'll be disrespectful to their parent, and their parent will take the phone away. And then they're even more isolated. And I have honestly, as a pediatrician, intervened to say, I think it's in their best interest to have that back and have a different penalty when some need is not met because social isolation is hard for a child who's anxious or depressed sometimes. So, you know, thinking about what are your consequences and do they match up with the needs of your individual child, I think really matters too. Um, managing the cost, of course, you know, it's funny, just as I'm recording this, there's this big debate on, you know, um, which plan you've got, and the companies are warring out over data plans and family plans, and that's always going to be changing. You know, what can you afford and being transparent with your kid about that? Uh, you know, and I think that comes into, too, you know, buying apps and apps that have added costs as they play games and go along and, and just being really selective and saying, you know, you can spend $8 a month or you can spend $22, I don't know what your budgets are, $22 a month on these things, which sounds a little high to me, but, you know, figuring out a plan with your child of how they use their allowance or how they pay you back when they don't, you know, obey your rules and things. Um, there are, you know, just so you know, on tracking and monitoring, I, I, I kind of am equivocal about this. And I, I don't ever want teens to feel like they live in a nanny state, but I do want them to feel that they've got parents around to help guide them. So I always think you should follow your kids on as many social channels as you know about and check in with them and give them tips for feeling good about what they post and reminding kind of how exposed they can be and making sure that they, you know, in the very beginning with young kids too, I'd suggest only taking calls and responding to texts from people that they know. And they can always say, who is this from text message? And then that person can self-identify. And, and you should be checking in with who they're talking to and who they're texting with. So, you know, here's the data. 31% of 8 to 10-year-olds have a cell phone, 69% of 11 to 14-year-olds, and 85% of 14 to 17-year-olds, most recent data that I can find. Some other data is a little bit different, and but pretty consistent that, you know, 80-some percent of these kind of high schoolers have them. Um, these middle school students who are in-betweeners, about 6 out of 10. And then these young kids, these kind of first, second, third graders, I'm surprised that kind of one in five to one in three of them has a phone as well. But again, every family's different. So I'm coming down and I'm saying, and this is what I've told my boys, I'm, I'm aiming for 12 and, and we'll talk. But before 12, no one has convinced me in my family that they need a phone. And no one has convinced me that they can keep track of their property well enough for me to buy them a multi, you know, $100 device to carry around and lose. Just so you know, there are devices if you're worried about safety or walk commuting or you want to be in touch with your child with just a certain number. There are these kind of like strap-on um, watch type phones that you can get. And some services even offer add-on packages where you can kind of keep an eye on things, monitor usage. And and the features and kind of the location of where your kid is at all times. So if that makes you feel a lot more comfortable, I think I would just be really clear with your child that that's what you're doing. I think where you would lose trust and it can be really challenging for kids is if you track them and follow them and poke around and spy and they don't know it. Track them and spy on them if you need to, but make sure that they know about it too. Lots of risks, lots of exciting times. It's a digital time, and growing up digital is a real part of life. Compartmentalizing use, you know, not having kids sleep with these, turning these off at meals, and having an ongoing dialogue with your kid of why and the rules and responsibilities, and then follow through with consequences. And when they lose that phone, I think from the very beginning, you got to figure out who's going to replace it. Good luck. Um, growing up digital is tough. And um, I just have to, one last thing to say, you know, Taking your time is always going to be okay. You know, we know heavy phone use, phone use is associated with unhappiness, and I think we know that as adults. And so this is not a race to these devices. These kids will catch up if you decide to wait a little bit. 
Reality is, parenting during the digital age is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.